Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. Welcome to The Ray Taylor Show, where I bring you reviews of the latest movies and TV shows, as well as classic and foreign films. I'm your host, Ray Taylor, and on this podcast, I'll be talking about all things film and television. Whether you're looking for a new show to binge or want to know if that blockbuster is worth the trip to the theater or just want to hear my thoughts on a classic or foreign film, I've got you covered. So join me every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for new episodes and let's dive into the world of film and television together. On today's episode, I am talking about the new show that just finished, The Curves, The Curse, The Curve, The Curse. I've been cursed for not being able to say the right words correctly. Uh, the Curse came out, started last year, 2023, just ended at the beginning of 2024. This is a show created by Benny Safdie, as well as Nathan Fielder, uh, who also directed seven episodes. So a lot of uh, a lot of uh, this is definitely a Nathan Fielder project. Uh, the writers for this show, you have Benny Safdie, Nathan Fielder, Carrie Kemper, Alex Huggins, and Carmen Christopher. And the stars of this show, you have Benny Safdie, Nathan Fielder, and Emma Stone. In this show, a newlywed couple struggle to make their vision for eco-living a reality in a small New Mexico town. Uh, this was by far the weirdest show I've seen, which I love weird. I love weird. I love original. I love everything that this show is doing, and yet... This show didn't necessarily hit like a show that I would have, but it's it didn't hit, but it stuck. It's a weird show. Uh, how I have responded to the show is strange. And uh, in watching the show is strange. Uh, you know, it's not a show that I would just recommend to most people. Uh, but, you know, there's definitely certain people that I would recommend the show to. Specifically, if you are a fan of Nathan Fielder, specifically his most recent show, uh, The Rehearsal, then there are elements of this that are similar to that show as far as cringiness, as far as uh, maybe some metatextual layers that exist within the show, show within a show within a show. Um which, uh, despite the big difference between this and the rehearsal, this is not a reality show uh, as the rehearsal is. This is a scripted show, but uh, a scripted show about a reality show, which is a very interesting uh, subject matter, which I haven't done definitely a lot of shows about shows or shows about movies, movies about movies. Uh, but I don't think there has been many shows about reality shows, at least what seem to be the realistic depictions of reality shows behind the screen. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily recommend this to that many people, right? But if you are into strange stories with like an independent vibe, this definitely feels, has that independent film vibe to it. Or if you like Nathan Fielder and the rehearsal, you may enjoy this. Uh, you know, I'm not ensure, entirely sure I enjoyed this show, <laughs> but I, I love the massive swings that this show takes. I love the performances in the show. I love how this show has made, it's definitely stuck with me. I've definitely thought about the show a lot. Uh, so if any of those things sound interesting 
then I'd recommend it to you. Uh, but it's not a show like some where you have to get a few episodes in before you get hooked or understand what the point is. Uh, I was hooked by the strangeness of the show, the strangeness of it all, uh, which is right from the beginning. And the way in which the show is so different from anything else I've seen, which is another plus. Like, I would give... Like, everybody involved, I like the Safdie brothers, I love their movies, Emma Stone is great in things that she is in, Nathan Fielder is by far the highlight of this show, uh, but it's a weird show, so it's not a show, it's a show I liked, but not a show that I could easily recommend to most people. Let's take a quick break from the show. Listeners, are you ready to take your experience with the Ray Taylor Show to the next level? Dive into the Inspired Disorder Plus for just $5 a month. You unlock a world of premium content that's sure to satisfy your every entertainment and artistic craving. Imagine enjoying the Ray Taylor Show a full week completely ad-free in both audio and video formats. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Get exclusive access to live painting archives, be the first to lay eyes on new releases from the many faces, and enjoy members-only discounts and deals that'll have you coming back for more. With a treasure trove that includes a podcast back catalog of 14 unique shows and over 600 episodes, personal insights through Ray Taylor's own blog, and creative writing to spark your imagination, and an interactive Ask Me Anything section. Inspired Disorder Plus is a feast for the curious mind. Ready to elevate your entertainment game? Head on over to inspireddisorder.com plus and become a member of an exclusive club. Dive in, indulge, and inspire your senses. Now let's get back to the show. The show is very awkward, very dry, and has the essence of Nathan Fielder all over it, which makes sense that he stars, directed many of the episodes, wrote many of the episodes, created by Nathan Fielder. This has Nathan Fielder stank all over it, in the best way, I would say. And it's a show about unintended concepts. This is a show about a lot of different things. Uh, it's not a sing. I mean, it. it's... It's got some themes that it's really working with, uh, but it's 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 uh, it's tackling a lot of things in a very unique way. Um, and one of the things that this tackling is the unintended consequences. You know what happens to this town, the people in this town, and even the nature of this area that exists in this tiny town when, uh, you know. With the addition of this couple trying to build these eco-friendly homes, trying to change this town and how it affects everything and the unintended consequences of all of that. A show about how fake everything is. How absolutely everything in this show is fake. Despite it not being a, like, I mean, it's a scripted show also, but it's like, it's, it's, in addition to the unintended consequences, it's also a show that highlights how absurdly fake everything is in society in general, I would say, um, and how fake things can be from even reality shows in in general, you know, how fake reality shows are um, 
to people's intentions, how fake they can be. Uh, like, I love the behind-the-scenes stuff, the making of this reality show. I like getting a glimpse of that, seeing behind the camera in the most abs- like cringy, uncomfortable way. And how sad it is when things are produced and things are faked to, you know, elicit a certain response. A show about many, if not all of these characters are completely unlikable. You know, unlike uh, many shows that are very popular over the past decade, the anti-heroes that, that have come up in most prestige television, in this show in many ways we have anti-villains which is not something that i a term i coined uh but is something that i heard described of this show uh that it's a show about anti-villains right these people so desperate to be good but because their intentions are ultimately self-serving their actions have unintended consequences right there's a lot of subplots that are going on during this season of the show that keep me kind of wondering what the central point of the show is. Instead, I feel like it's more of a show that is examining the themes and finding multiple ways to express those themes in a story and plot that ultimately isn't central to the the narrative, right? We're, we're seeing all these examples of of how you know the path to hell is laid with good intentions i believe is the the term or the phrase uh we are seeing those things kind of illustrated in this show in many ways and it's also a show that has elements that may or may not be supernatural uh with an ending that is very surreal very big swing the ending of this the season finale uh, but I think the ending speaks to more uh, to the reality of the supernatural within the show uh, than it does to a lot of other things. I don't know how vague <laughs> my opinions are, how well my vague opinions are understood. Uh, but I'm trying not to spoil anything because I do want to get into spoilers. But the show is wild. It's I mean, it's it's so we it's just like so uncomfortable to watch. Like everything Nathan Fielder, but brought to a narrative show. And I think the major highlight of the curse, the massive standout of the curse, is Nathan Fielder. Somebody who is an amazing actor. Seeing him in this show is like is unlike anything I've ever seen Nathan Fielder do which is something that the Safdie brothers are great at doing, taking comedians and putting them in a very strange, serious situation. I'm thinking specifically of Uncut Gems with Adam Sandler. You get kind of a similar thing with Nathan Fielder where he his character flips a switch so many times and he becomes somebody that is so far removed from who... Nathan Fielder portrays himself as and everything else I've seen him in. Uh, it's amazing. And to see that he directed and wrote, like he's got his fingerprints all over this. And I think it's amazing. I that This show, in addition to the rehearsal, 
it is like mind blowing to see the artist that is Nathan Fielder and makes me excited to see what he does next specifically. Let's take a short break from this episode. Listeners, if you're an art lover like I am or simply somebody who appreciates unique creativity, I've got something you'll adore. Dive into the world of The Many Faces, an ongoing series of mesmerizing ink paintings on paper painted by me. Each piece is a captivating blend of abstract and surreal, always presenting a face that tells its own story. The dedication behind this series is unmatched, with new paintings being released every single day. And if you're thinking about owning one, you're in luck. You can start with a 4x6 painting for just $20. And if you desire something grander, there are larger sizes with prices to match. Imagine having an original piece of art infused with emotion and mystery gracing your space. So if you're intrigued, don't wait. Check out the entire collection and get your own at InspiredDisorder.com. Own a piece of creativity that truly stands out. Now let's get back to the show. But I do want to talk about spoilers. So if you haven't seen season one of The Curse, it is on Showtime, uh, which is part of Paramount Plus. This is how I saw it through the streaming platform. Uh, it's it's if you're into how every, if everything I've said is made interesting. You know, go check it out. Go check it out. But if you don't mind being spoiled or if you've already seen the show and just want to hear my thoughts, my spoiler thoughts on it, here we go. Uh, I mean, in regards to how fake everything is, you have from the moment this movie, the show starts, you see the behind the scenes when they're interviewing this uh, this mother and son who are not in a good situation financially and in order to make the mom seem more emotional about this job that's offered to the kid, they put fake tears in her eyes and they blow like uh, menthol on her eyes to get them red to make it look like she's crying, uh, just completely faking the emotions. You have fake couples being used to look in, look at this home that they're trying to sell. Because, you know, the actual people who want to buy the thing are concerned about other things. Even within the home, the fireplace is fake. You have these stores that are set up in this town are fake in order to make it seem like this these homes are bringing in improvements to the town, going to bring employment opportunities to people who work there. Even the land that they are building these homes on isn't necessarily available to them like this is tribal land or at least the roads leading in and out of it are tribal land there are insurance companies that are questioning even giving uh insurance like insuring the the uh property it's just it's it just adds to how fake these this whole situation is like these houses are being built and may not even like the people buying them may not even be able to own them in the future. Even how this couple, this the seagulls, how they act on social media, which is just a massive thing about social media in general. I think a, a big aspect of the show is really sh putting a mirror up to how fake so many people are who want to look like they're doing good in the world 
right? P- during the uh, after the Black Lives Matter protests in during the pandemic, you saw after that you saw influencers going out with camera crews pretending to fix up neighborhoods, like just doing photo shoots, like screwing in plywood or whatever and then just leaving after they pretend to do stuff like i think in a lot of ways this show is is putting a mirror up to just a lot of fakery that goes on in in the liberal side of our society where a lot of people want the benefits of doing a good deed they want the pat on the back without actually doing anything good they just want to make it look like they're doing good right you see that with celebrities uh making fake charities in order to raise money for people in other countries that are facing devastation and they're just scams you know so i think this show in a lot of ways is doing that a holding a mirror up to that fraudulent aspect of our society and then, of course, the show is also massively about un- unintended consequences, one of which you see is represented by these houses that are covered in mirrors, right, which is a design that this woman, uh, Emma, Emma Stone's character, Whitney, stole the design from an artist, right, an artist who made these invisible homes, right, these homes that are covered in glass. But where these homes are in this little New Mexico town you're having birds fly into them because they think they're f- they don't see the house because it's covered in mirrors so one of the unintended consequences of these houses that are supposed to be great for the environment are literally killing l- living things in their presence is killing living things on a regular basis like there's a short scene where a bird runs into the thing and slams into it and dies and you see whitney come out it's like we got another dead bird we need to get that cleaned up before we start shooting it is just another level another example of how fake this situation is how this fake like improvements these fake do-gooders and the unintended consequences of these fake gestures that are happening you have, of course, the unintended consequences, which are so common of gentrification, driving up the cost of living, pushing out people that can't afford it, acting like these businesses are going to be good for the the people, but in, in, in they're fake businesses. They're not doing anything that's good. And then you have also these new neighbors that are moving in, these people that moving from other places who can actually afford these modern homes, pushing out the people that were there before who can't afford that, and then having these these privileged people go to this neighborhood and this poorer neighborhood and accusing their neighbors of stealing, stealing packages off their front front porch. Just a lot of unintended consequences, many of which could have been, are like so commonplace everywhere in America where this happens. There are a lot, there's a voyeuristic nature to this show as well. So many long shots at a distance. Everything is through something. 
there is so rarely are there shots direct shots of people everything is through something through a window through a, a hallway through a doorway through a reflection distorted reflection many times of these mirrors that are on this house that like warp reality outside of them right everything is through something through glass through through a screen it is so like it's so interesting to see how everything is kept at a distance and as a viewer it's like you're looking in you are spying at these events these are the things you're not supposed to see you're not supposed to see behind the scenes production of a reality show you're not supposed to see to see the actual devastation of this town you're not supposed to see how these people actually act in private versus the fake people they are on social media the fake people they are on camera when the camera's on them when they know people are watching like we get to see what these these people are like when they don't think anybody's watching which i think is a very interesting aspect to the way this this show is filmed uh, and this fan, this this couple that has of not to kink shame anybody, but a wildly interesting, <laughs> strange sex life uh, and the the aspect of it where Asher, Nathan Fielder's character, uh, is supposed to have a small dick. There's this scene with with Whitney's dad, who apparently has who has a small we actually see his small dick, but he's giving asher like a pep talk about it's okay to have a small dick very very uncomfortable in, in many ways first off if you have a small dick the last thing you want is for people to know especially the parents of the person you have a sexual relationship with your wife and the last thing you want is for anybody to be giving you a pep talk about your dick it just it's it's just, it's just so uncomfortable. One of the many uncomfortable aspects of the show. There's also the subplot of this casino that is uh, disregarding gambling addiction while also making uh, gambling as convenient as possible. Something that actually was uh, Asher's like improvement addition to the casino are these like bracelets. So p- these gambling addicts don't even have to get up to like cash in for chips or anything like that they can just scan their bracelet and just more money just directly connected to their bank account i'm sure it's sad it is so sad and so many uncomfortable scenes like i said uh you have him at asher at the casino trying to get the security camera footage of gambling addicts being allowed to gamble even though they the casinos are aware that they're there not doing anything to stop them but the way he does it like him nathan fielder is unlike any actor in his ability to make every situation as uncomfortable as possible (laughs) it is crazy and him like trying to get this guy into his office so he can show him a video so that he can spill Gatorade on him, so he can, you know, plug in and get the footage. It is so uncomfortable. You have the chiropractor scene with the father 
of the girls where he's getting adjusted and just like I was expecting him to die the whole time. <laughs> it's like, what is going on? Is he actually going to get his neck, neck fixed or is it massive pain? It seemed like it worked. It seemed like it worked. Um, my experience going to chiropractors, I was never in pain. It was always a relief when there was a cracking, like things went back into place usually. Um, the pain was there before and then not pain during. Uh, you also have him testing the girls to predict how many nails there were in this, like put under a bucket, like trying to see if this girl has actual uh, psychic abilities because he's so worried. He's like obsessed with this curse that she put on him. Then putting the nails in his hand and he's so like caught up in the moment that he doesn't realize that he embeds the, he like squeezes so hard the nails get stuck in his hand. Uh, and then she apologizes when he sees him bleed and he probably thinks that she did it to him. Like she, she's apologizing that she wished that to happen or wanted that to happen. Uh, also the scene where Whitney decides to buy the racist native American statue. That's somewhere. I forget like a mini call mini golf place or something and buys it to give to the artist her friend who she's obsessed with like Whitney's obsession with wanting to be an artist is so uncomfortable to watch and how she acts around this artist who she claims to be a friend and clearly the artist is like we barely know each other like you are just desperate like for me Anybody that tries that hard to be my friend makes me only want to keep them at a distance more. Like I am I, I massive trust issues in general, but like people that are like overtly like like passionate about wanting to be my friend or something like that. Like that's just like I don't like that you have you have ulterior motives in my opinion. Like you want this too bad. Uh, and it's it just puts me off the whole thing and that's what that whole relationship with with Whitney and the artist was like and when she brings the statue it's like it's so clear that she has no concept of what the messages are with this artist's work she just can't like every time even when things are explained to her it's almost as if she gets a haze it's her eyes gloss over and words just pour through one ear and out the other and she just like just only responds to it as if it's just so deep and powerful and not really just kind of actually understanding what the messages are. I even love when the artist friend pretends to speak as a kind of uh, a, a native like ancestor, like he's speaking in Native American, uh, like old wise men kind of speak. And she's just like, that's so beautiful. It is it's it's hilarious the fake compassion that exists uh within this and just her character it's just so like oh it's all of these people are like oh it's just like stop. Just like stop. Just stop. Be real. Stop this whole charade. It's all a charade. It's all fake. It's just so sad.
like they're so crazy that they make their artist friends seem normal, <laughs> which is not what you should. I mean, art artists are fairly normal people, but we could be pretty, pretty. I mean, there's a, a lot of different types of artists out there, and uh, I don't know. There's there's always some. There's always a reason why somebody becomes an artist, and it's not because you are average. Um, but the craziness of the Siegel family just makes her seem the most. She is like, out of all of the characters, the artist is the most normal person i would say i mean there's others but in the main group of them i would say maybe the director is kind of normal as well in a lot of ways uh but also very weird you have like it's these people who are making a show who have no idea who their audience is right where you have they're trying to sell these environmentally friendly homes to people that are politically left-leaning because they're trying to do good for the environment and every time they sell to somebody like they want to put an air conditioner they want to put a different kind of stove in that would make the homes not passive like they want and the person that loves it the person that wants this home is this conservative guy kind of a moderate conservative but definitely because the guy's got a blue lives matter flag on his truck uh he loves the house of course he loves the house because it's like an off-grid house it's like a classy prepper home which and he's super stoked about the toilet i would like i would love that home i would absolutely love that home i would love a passive home Be not because it's partially because it's off the grid sure but not because it's like a prepper home a classy prepper home I actually like the idea of a passive home. I would love to have the money to live in a passive home. Um, and a toilet that, like, the the sink water fills up the, to the toilet tank. So when you flush it, you're using uh, the sink water from earlier when you wash your hands. Uh, I love that. And, uh, you know, th they just don't understand their audience. They're trying to sell to a group of people that really can't afford it or don't want to gentrify an area you know that don't want to mess with people they see through the facade of what this couple is doing many unlikable people in the show as well uh desperately trying to be likable that is like this this so much of this show are these unlikable characters just so desperate so desperate for people to like them and they're so fake these are the kinds of people that i hate these are the kinds of people that I hate, which there it's definitely a type of liberal type of a person where they say they're liberal. They want to be that person, but like they aren't that person. So they pretend to be that person. They put on a front that they're that kind of person, but everybody can see through their bullshit. And this couple, everybody can see through their bullshit. It's just so fake. And I hate that. I hate fake people. I absolutely hate fake people. So it's like watching the show is like, Ugh! you know, I just, it's hard to root for anybody in the show, which I think is kind of why it was hard for, it never really hooked me, right? There's no, the themes are interesting, but all the characters, I'm like, oh, I want everybody to just lose. I want things to go bad for everybody.
I do love that the producer understands and wants to make the show better, like the the director of their reality show, like understanding that like the way they want to do the show isn't going to be good. So it's like you need to spice it up. You need to add drama, right? And then making it kind of a show about her and how her husband is like this guy who's desperate to be funny and very unfunny. Um and interesting seeing it from the perspective of the reality show, right? The creation of the quote-unquote green queen uh, is kind of a great moment in this episode, in this show. Uh, and you have, on the other hand, you have Asher, who is not only so desperate to try and be funny, which him taking the comedy class is hilarious, and the scene where they're like going around in the comedy class and everybody do something wacky to try and be funny without using words. And how Nathan Fielder is so effortless at being unfunny and uncomfortable in that moment. The way it is like so perfect how he's able to to separate those two things uh, in a way. Amazing. absolutely has rehearsal vibes to it him training to be funny for the show um and also the the aspect of this where he flips like he has anger issues and you see in like you first see it when they're being interviewed by the local news but you see it in multiple things where he like somebody will insult his wife and he'll go will smith on them right he'll get right up on stage and slap Chris Rock, right? And then yell, keep my wife's name out your mouth, right? That is the energy that Nathan Fielder has, right? He's tr- so much of his character could be Will Smith, right? The real Will Smith. Like, Will Smith seems like this family, this fake person that he puts out to the world, this charming, likable guy. But when shit hits the fan and we see. We get a peek behind who the real Will Smith is. You see that he is just like, he's clearly faking it. He's clearly putting on a performance to the world. And Will Smith is far more charming than than uh, Asher Siegel is. But they both have that switch, as we saw live on TV and as we saw in this show uh, when Asher flips that switch. So interesting. And in those moments, it's when you see that Nathan Fielder is a great actor like oh like because it's so it's like this change this shift in him where he's like just trying to be affable and go along and then it's just like no no like this part of him is like I can't I can't I can't fake it anymore it's been bottling up it's like this is bullshit why and there's many situations where I'm like kind of agree with him but it's clearly if he wasn't constantly bottling up everything and putting on this act that he is this nice guy, then he could communicate those issues more sanely than this bottled up explosion of his emotions and anger. But an interesting aspect to his character, nonetheless, um, He's obsessed with the curse. He's obsessed with trying to be funny. And he's got an anger switch that flips. She, obsessed with the artist, trying to buy her friendship at every level, uh, giving her, like, 
giving her part of the production budget to pay her off so they can use her art. Like we'll we'll say that you were uh uh you know say that you were helping us with set you know set decorations and stuff like that. We'll we'll make you part of the production. We'll sign the contracts and all that. You'll get twenty grand, and then we'll we'll be able to use your art in the in the show. It's just so it's just so it's it's like it's so cringy. It's so cringy. Uh and his performance again back to Nathan, which is amazing. But there's the poetry scene and how he acts just so manic after that. It's just it's 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 great. I love his performance in this. Um, the last episode, absolutely wild. I'm sure everybody's mentioned it. It is a crazy swing. When I before I watched it, I had heard that it's n- not even the same show, which I don't agree with. Uh, it definitely starts. I mean, it's basically Rachel Ray, which is crazy to see Rachel Ray. I haven't seen a Rachel Ray cooking show since 2002. Maybe 2003. I had to look up to see if that was actually Rachel Ray, because um, people get old, and it's been 20 years. It's 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 uh, it's it's sad, but it's like almost like seeing a whole segment of her show is the beginning of the final se- final episode. But it just again goes back to the fakeness of everything. Um, seeing them. After the segment, sitting basically alone in their house, aside from the camera crew that's there, and just them, like so many scenes in this in this show where it's like it takes its time. We get these long shots where nothing is happening, right? It happens after the Rachel Ray show. You have Whitney and Asher sitting side by side, putting on this fake, we're this happy couple that have this show, and then they hold their smiles for a long extended time until the camera operator says, okay, we're cut. And it's so uncomfortable. So many of those scenes where it's just silence and you're just observing how people act in this fabricated fake reality, this, this, this way they're constructing this fake reality. So interesting. Uh, then they decide to you know to be good people we're going to give the house away to this family and it seems like they never go back to it but it seems like they this family was stripping the house uh to sell like the copper or whatever when he comes by to give them the house and he's like so like okay you're giving me the house when are we going to sign the papers even when they were coming by to fix the house earlier on in the season he's like so I'm not going to have to pay rent. Can I get that in writing? Like the reality of their gestures are like they don't understand that so many people who don't have the privilege of wealthy parents can't trust your word based on your word because so many people lie. Like he sees so clearly through their bullshit. He so clearly sees that it's some kind of manipulation that they're doing. 
that even when they give him the house, they're like, when do I get the papers? Like, I'm so much that way. Like, if something good happens, I'm like, like if I'm supposed to be getting money, right? It's like, okay, well, I'll believe it when the money hits my bank account, right? I can see everything. I can be, I could have signed all the paperwork. I could have done all this stuff. There could be confirmation, da, 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 da. But until I see that money in my account, it doesn't exist because there's so many times where it's been these false gestures, these false things that never actually come through. And it's like you get so guarded that you're like, until I actually see my name on the paperwork that says I own this house, then I don't fucking own this house. You, you could say it all day long, but I know in reality that if I don't actually have my name on the, the, the papers, then it doesn't exist. That your word means nothing. And they're like, oh, our word is everything. Because they're so used to just lying about everything. That nothing ever is real. Everything is just their bullshit word. It's kind of great. And then we have the craziest, the surreal part of the show, which is Nathan waking up upside down. And I've heard this being compared to 2001, which, in my opinion, visually are similar but i don't think they're trying to communicate the same thing necessarily um i have my own theories of what the ending means uh but it was kind of it's just like crazy to see and i don't know how they filmed this but it's great the way they pulled it off seeing him on the the ceiling and then her on the floor and them thinking that somehow it's the pressure in the home that's causing him to float to the ceiling and not her doesn't make any sense thinking that when they open the window he's gonna fall is crazy but visually it's kind of disorienting seeing him on the ceiling and then going outside and having to grab onto the tree crazy um which i'll get to my my theories on that but i can't see they they said they've talked they have ideas for follow-up seasons so we'll see i can't imagine there will be more seasons of the show but if there are i'm off i'm i am 100 i was a fan of the safety brothers and their movies i will watch whatever they do uh nathan fielder at this point i will watch whatever he does uh emma stone is amazing in this as well but i i you know i I would love to see what they do in a second season if it becomes like some kind of anthology show or if we actually follow what happens after Ash floats into the sky. Uh, I'd be interesting, you know. Um, but yeah, Safdie said they have ideas for a season two, so we'll see. I don't know how well this show did and with the strange ending. I just It's a show where... I just there's so many I just can't I can't see this show being as having a second season. I would watch it despite the fact that I never really felt like I was hooked by this season, but I would definitely watch it to see what happens because it's so interesting, so new. You know, I was definitely hooked kind of multiple times throughout this season by different things. But they ended up being these hooks that were in place ended up being as fake as our main characters were. And it and it didn't really attach me to the core of the show necessarily, but definitely, you know, made me think a lot. 
right? Like the curse itself, the question of is the curse real or if it was just a coincidence that the chicken dis- disappeared from his food. Uh, Asher obsessed with the the curse the entire show. And like the dad said, once you get the idea in your head, the father, which I love, uh, Abshir, uh, played by Barkhad Abdi, who is the uh, I am the captain now from Captain Phillips. Great to see him in something else. Uh, when he said that once you get the idea, he didn't want his kids talking about this curse trend that's on TikTok. Because once you get the idea in your head, it's really hard to get it out of your head. And that's what we see happen to Asher in this show, in this season. He gets the idea of the curse in his head, and he can never, he gets too deep in it. He can never get out. So my interpretation of the end is that Asher made the curse real, right? The curse the girl put on him to have his chicken go missing from his pasta dish only happened because Asher gave it the power to happen. He believed that the curse was real. He believed that the, it didn't know what the curse was, but he gave the curse power, and that's what the what happened to the chicken. And in the end, he was taken away like the chicken was, right? Collectively, maybe his wife at the end of the show wanted him out. I mean, clearly he was kind of being written out. The whole part of the, their relationship kind of ending, although, you know, we do find that she's pregnant and they stay together. But I think ultimately it, it came to a point where his beliefs in the power of the curse made it a reality, right? And I don't remember if somebody like literally cursed him or he cursed himself at some point. Uh, but that would be my interpretation of the end. Also, in the same way, everything in the show is fake as they produce this quote-unquote reality TV show, right? The viewer in is the one who interprets the show as being real, right? The viewer of the reality TV show, you interpret what you're watching as if it's reality. In the same way that the curse is fake, like the reality show isn't real, but the intended quote-unquote viewer or the audience of the curse is what makes the curse real, right? The audience watching the reality TV show is what makes the reality TV show real. So in kind of a meta contextual way, similar to the rehearsal, we are always watching this show and believing that this show about reality shows is real is like this grounded real show about this couple creating a reality tv show and gentrifying a town that's what we we see this show the curse as this kind of grounded take on what the behind the scenes process of the couple trying to fake their way into making a reality tv show about building these these homes and when in reality the show that we're watching is has little to do with that reality right and in the way nathan fielder's previous show the rehearsal had layers of reality how in the rehearsal he had like or layers of rehearsal where he like goes three layers deep at one point rehearsing for the rehearsal of the rehearsal right and within this show there are layers of reality and at the core is this magic this magic where chicken can disappear 
because a girl cursed him in the parking lot where Asher himself can fly away and disappear as well because people cursed him and don't want him around. Right? I don't know if that makes any sense. Regardless, it's a very thought-provoking show and uh, thought-provoking as everything Nathan Fielder does, quite frankly. It is... It is it's kind of so interesting that it can be at one point so uncomfortable and yet so like thought consuming. It's crazy. Uh, but I want to thank everybody for tuning in to this episode of the Ray Taylor show. I do hope you enjoyed my thoughts on the curse season one don't forget to tune in every monday wednesday and friday for more movie and tv show reviews and join the conversation by leaving a comment or rating on your favorite podcast platform or over on youtube.com slash inspired disorder where all these episodes are available in video format until next time enjoy the show subscribe to the ray taylor show on youtube and everywhere podcasts are found binge the full week ad free over at inspiredisorder.com slash plus Purchase Ray Taylor Show merch over at InspiredDisorder.com. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace out. Today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about, everything that you've been wanting, every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real. Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality.